0: Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Marie, for that wonderful introduction, as you always do. And thank you so much, podcast listeners, for joining us today, episode 141. My special guest is kevin price today's episode is brought to you by the letter m and (laughs) i just decided to throw that in kevin how about that and and also i think it should have been the letter k okay the letter k for kevin yeah kevin thanks so much for spending time with us Well, you had a journey i mean it it took you three weeks to get this yeah. message going. Tell me what was all about. What well, that was all about. I was
0: scheduled, uh, and then uh, I, I received as a free gift from someone COVID. Whoa. Yeah, and I, uh, and uh, how many uh, stars on Yelp would you give it? <laughs> I would. I would give COVID a zero. Okay, me too. But I, I would say <laughs> that uh, maybe a five. Because it does its job, <laughs> you know? It does what it was created or whatever for. Dude, it certainly you, does it. you are on it. I mean, yeah. in terms
1: of... Was it successful? It was. It was successful.
0: <laughs> it yes, itself indeed. was
1: successful. Now, we, I um, realize that there are probably some people that have had... I mean, they're still going through sickness. We're not right. trying to make light of it. No,
0: but... no. I, I, I actually feel very blessed because um, uh, this is my second bout and I never had wow. to go to the hospital or... Had breathing problems or what people suffer with, yeah, that can get this. So I'm certainly not making fun of anyone. But the
1: fatigue was real. The wasn't
0: fatigue it? is a killer. Yeah. The fatigue is a killer, and so that's really what kept me out. The um, was the fatigue. Uh, Rick called me uh, the second week on Thursday and asked me, or Friday, asked me if I was going to preach, and I said he caught me right in the middle of a <laughs> bad fatigue episode, and I was just trying to get off the phone. I was like, no are you sure you can sit on a stool? And I was like, no,
2: Yeah, leave. <laughs> I
0: gotta go. <laughs> and so yeah, it's that's been what a journey, but I got here.
1: He said, "He, said, he that morning uh, the call came in and, and uh, he said, oh, he sounded terrible. Yeah. So he said, uh, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. <laughs> that's so. pretty
0: much what it was. And I guess
1: Rick, he's been in ministry for a little while, I
0: guess he can yeah. do that. He, he it was very gracious.
1: Well, okay, that's enough playful banter. All right. All right? Let's get into this, okay? okay. Kevin, I just want to begin by talking about your, your closing analogy, actually. Um, about you, you said that, imagine that, that someone offered you $100 million yeah. to swim from San Diego yeah. to Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Which I found out is, because I had to Google yes, it. Yes, you did. That's
0: over 2,600 miles. I did not realize that. Isn't that something? Now, why did you use that analogy? So, the idea behind the analogy is that I wanted there to be, to, in the minds of the the people, uh, and, and my own, a a feat that was impossible for you to do on your own, but you could be attracted to try to do it on your own in your own strength uh, by the great reward at the end. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so it was this idea that we could earn this great reward and then in the middle of it we find we we realize this is absolutely impossible. Yeah. And people drop out at different sections, different times for different reasons. And no matter how close you get, if you don't get to the beach, you don't get the reward. Yeah. And and I picked what I the link that I did, I didn't realize it was that big. I didn't look it up, I just knew it was a long way. And I thought nobody can make that swim. Yeah. Even if for the mileage then getting past the ocean currents and waves and breaks and things like that. So yeah. it was this idea of getting of going what is a goal, what is something that, that has a great treasure at the end, but no one can make it. Right on you know, their own.
1: I was thinking, well what is what's the, the farthest a human has has swum before? And yeah. I looked up the Guinness Book of World Record in a twenty four hour period there, there, there are some people that have gone longer than twenty-four hour periods, but th- but they were also supported. Unsupported, wow. there was a guy who holds the record. His name is Pablo Fernandez. He's he's a, a Spanish guy. He holds a record for swimming, a whopping, one hundred fifty miles. Wow. <laughs> he's not. He's not That's even a, a tenth way. of the way. No. And, uh, and and so we. And it took him 24 hours. And, and you mentioned, even in your analogy, that what about sharks? Yeah, seaweed. Uh, what about, yeah, seaweed yeah. or jellyfish, uh, Portuguese yeah. man-of-war? Those are scary, man. Yeah. There are lots of things in the ocean that are pretty scary. Yeah. And all to, to make the point, and I love to actually make this analogy in, in Class 101, that um, we cannot earn our way, can yeah. we?
0: No, no, and I... and. And I think, it, yeah, that's why I gave that illustration. Is I think it is important too. So why is it
1: alluring? So alluring to people that we can control our own destiny, that we that we can do something about saving ourselves. What is it about it?
0: You know, that's a really good question. I, I think I think we're built to work, uh huh, and and we earn things whenever we work. And grace being free the gift of salvation being free goes against uh, everything that we know, right? Our very nature, yeah. right? And especially with it being such a such a large reward, and sometimes we feel guilt uh-huh. because uh, Jesus had to come and die for us, right? And then we go, well, surely there is something I have to do in yeah. order to, to do that. But that's a really good question. I'm not sure I know the answer on that.
1: I, I often wonder about I think that we we are geared. Uh, the the version that God made for us, I think, in, in Genesis is that He made us to tend the garden, to work the garden, to be fruitful and to multiply. We're, we're I think we're designed to do things. Yeah. Um, the perversion, okay, of right. that is that we can then also we can fix this. We we can fix this. The problem is that obviously we can't fix the yeah. problem that we are not even. We, m- most of us don't even realize just how bad it is. Right. Um, and we think we're going to the hospital to take care of a, 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 a splinter. But in reality, we have cancer eating us up, and we only have a short time to live. And and we think, well, if I just, do a li- if I just
0: eat a little better or something, yeah. I don't know if Absolutely. that's the word. What do you think? I, I don't know. I think that's a very good question. I don't know why we... Work so hard and and the thing about it though is that sometimes we we look at people in the bible and we think well we would never do that right whether it is uh the galatians wanting to go back to the law or sacrificing animals or, or whatever the list circumcision whatever the list may be we would say well we would never do that to try to uh get in god's favor and we judge and we look and we criticize and but, but it, it's hindsight, right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. whenever you don't know what you would have done in the moment at the Galatia church, uh-huh right, and then whenever we look at ourselves now, well, we may not do that, but we do we do things we yeah. do things such as the illustration I gave Sunday was you know sometimes we we will pray for a certain amount of time that something will good good will happen, and we'll equate what good happened to the amount oh, of time yeah. we spent in prayer, yes. When, when, when I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, and we may have been praying for that thing to happen, and praise God that it did, but what, the problem with that is that we start making a relationship into a formula, ah. right? Like So what happens is, next time we go, well, I want this good thing to happen in my life, whatever it is, you know, financial, healing, whatever it is, and we will pray for an hour because that's what worked last time. <laughs> and if it doesn't work this time, we go, well, maybe I need to pray two hours. Yeah. Maybe I need to pray 30 minutes. Maybe uh, God just doesn't heal anymore. Yeah. Maybe God's mad at me. Maybe mm. I didn't do enough this time. And then, or we can even turn and get bitter and upset with God for not answering our prayer. Yeah. Right? And I heard a preacher not too long ago, he said, a backslider's heart. Uh, Look, gets mad at God for the things that He does not do, and I thought that was very, very profound because I never want my relationship with my wife or you or anybody else to become a formula where I go, well, uh, in order to keep good grace with my wife, I talk to her an hour a day, right? Because sometimes I don't want to talk an hour a day, right? But, but in that, but sometimes we do that with the Lord, and I think that it's, I think that it that. uh we forget that a relationship means that we are that we do our best to constantly be aware of his presence with us all of the time, yeah, and that i don't i mean setting aside time to pray very healthy should be done, mm. but we should also not negate the times of driving in the car, just having a conversation with the Lord yeah and we and, and I think that it becomes unhealthy whenever we in a relationship whenever we say to ourselves this happened because of this because I did this this happened God yeah. did this instead of just saying you know this happened because I am a child of the most high God and he loves me yeah and he doesn't love me any less uh, or any more or I should say it like this he will never love me any less or any more than he does right the second yeah I can't earn more favor I can't lose more favor I ain't he is in love with me, mm. and he gives me good gifts because of as Hebrew says, he gives good things. Wow. he likes giving good things. Th-
1: This—that's a great segue into this this next thing because okay. the, the this is actually we were gearing up for this this confrontation that Paul had with the Galatian believers yeah. that um, uh, they they had they were going well they were doing well after Paul had led them to Christ and yeah. built that church and these Judaizers people Christians, uh-huh. but. I think that they meant well, but it's it's like the problem with a lot of people who mean well. They were doing very destructive things, yeah, and uh, trying to bring in a little bit of lo- the law, or really a lot of the law, right? Forcing them to say, "Well, you got to be Jewish before you can become a Christian." Yeah, <laughs> uh, he got really mad at them, right? And he really got mad at the Galatians.
0: Yeah. Why did? Why was he so upset? I think I think that. Um I think the nature of religion is control, Mm. and I think that it was more... Now, I'm not Paul, obviously, but I think if if I put myself in his situation where he was, I think it was this idea that, uh, yes, religion is about control, and they had walked out of that, and here they were going back into... Uh, this control factor of going Okay if I do these certain things Then I will earn love and grace And mercy from God yeah. in heaven And Paul is saying That is exactly what That is exactly the The, the opposite of what Jesus Came to do mm-hmm. right He came to set you free You're going back into bondage And, and he did he called them idiots right yeah. And I thought about that for a long time Because But then I thought you know what here's the thing I have been, and I'm sure people have been upset with me that have mentored me in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he poured everything into this group, started them, Mm -hmm. raised them up as babes of Christ into, right? And and so he had the relationship to be able to speak deep into them and go, listen, you are acting stupid. You are acting dumb. And uh, I think that uh, over time, he was able to do that because of the relationship, and maybe he just was like, what, exasperated with them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, th- I find it kind of interesting uh, that this is recorded in the, in the Bible, that the one thing that an apostle, I'm trying to remember, I mean, James is kind of known for really getting mad at believers yeah. who are, are not attaching works with faith. Yeah now paul and and they would be in total agreement with each other, but Paul now is is really upset at people that are getting the opposite that uh, you you can have that works matter more than faith and right. and, and, not, and not verse visa and I think I think I'm saying that right but I if but i I, I find it i th- I find it very um, refreshing that in the Bible I mean this is Rick will sometimes talk about this that the gospel was not um, developed by a bunch of, of sinister people in a smoke-filled room right. behind the temple. This this is God's revelation. Yeah. Paul was uh, just saying saying that, that boy you guys are really screwing this up. You you I thought I knew I thought I taught you better. Evidently I didn't. Right. So what are some modern iterations that you hear of of people thinking that my my good works are are really, I mean, maybe they don't help my salvation, but I really think that they really help my my relationship with God. What I mean,
0: what what are some modern iterations of that? Um, well, I think one that we talked about earlier with people trying to earn favor with God by the amount of time that they pray or that they you know they go to church, uh, checking the boxes as it were. Right. Right. Um, I think that we do tend to compare ourselves to other people, uh, like Ooh. like the illustration you give of, of um, or that we had talked about before about, uh, <coughs> you know, people will say, well, at least I'm not like Hitler, or at least I'm right. not like um, another person that we think is less than us. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but we, like I said, Sunday, we never compare ourselves to people that, like Billy Graham, you know. Yeah, or Mother Teresa. Or Mother, no one ever says, well, at least I'm not like Mother Teresa, (laughs) you know. Uh, (laughs) Or no one ever says, at least I'm not like Rick Hale. I mean, you know, because, (laughs) but we do. I think, I think we all want to get to heaven or at least see Jesus. And at that moment here, uh, well done. My good and faithful servant, right yeah, I think that uh, I, I often tell people uh, my, my wife and kids that if he skips that phrase, that's okay. I just want to hear him say I'm proud of you. You didn't yeah. always get it right, but I'm proud of you for doing what you know for uh, doing your best, I guess. yeah, but um, I think we all want to hear that, and I think that in our minds, as we talked about earlier, we do that through our works. Uh, through the things that we do, and um, i I find that in the end, we all want to be able to give God something that we earned but the good thing about grace is that or what we were talk what we 're talking about is the fact that i don 't have to spend my life worrying if I was good enough, yeah, right, or did I do enough yeah. or did i or did I treat people well enough, did I pray enough? Whatever the list that you have in your life, we don't have to worry about that because uh, he did it all for us. Yeah. And so there's nothing that I can earn uh, with my works. But out of our love for him and our relationship with him, we serve other people. Not because I want to earn more of his love or earn heaven, mm-hmm. but because... I want to love people as he loves people yeah. and the only way I can learn to do that is to pray Father show me them the way that you see them and help me to serve them as you would serve them, forgive them, love them uh, if you were walking on the surface which technically he is walking on the earth through me and you that's true that's right? true yeah oh, yeah and it, yeah. and it is one of those <laughs> things where we do have to sit back sometimes and remember, the only reason I'm able to serve people or the only reason I'm able to do it is because he's given me one more breath mm-hmm. and he's given me one more moment and he's given me the strength and the gifts to do that. And any time that I start using my gifts under my own power and giving myself props mm-hmm. for what I've just done, I've kind of lost focus on the yeah. fact that I'm only able to do it because he gave me the ability to do it. Without him I wouldn't be able to do anything. That's right. When I when I think
1: about people, like I, I'm thinking right now of somebody that used to come to Grace um, and he, unfortunately he passed away from COVID this past year, um, but um, I remember having conversations with him in the lobby and he would always tell me, yeah I, I, I got to get to church because I you know I, I got to make sure that I've, I've been to church enough and, and I would tell him uh, remind him that remember that that's not why you are saved you're not saved by by coming to church or by your good works he goes, oh I know that I know that I, I, I guess I get things mixed up but it is kind of a if the version of of the of proper worship is reverence and the old I, sh- I should say the kind of the old English the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. that that's actually scriptural-hmm the fear of the Lord is is never meant to say that that God is God has it out for me, and so right. I have to hide. Uh, right. It is proper to show deference and respect and reverence. Absolutely. However, the perversion of the fear of the Lord is that is the terror that unless I do everything correctly or perfectly, yeah. I won't earn His favor. That's the perversion. And as I as I think about, um, you know, the Scripture says that that. Uh, um, that love casts out all fear. And I, I'm so glad it says that because otherwise I wouldn't know that what I need to work for, not work for, <laughs> see how that works in uh, or slips in, what yeah. I need to keep on maturing in is to yeah. find out how can I grow in love where really my, my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions are
0: based in love. Go I, ahead, I'm sorry. I, well, I was just going to say, I think, I think with this... Let's just call it a doctrine for a minute, what we're talking about right what this idea is maybe I should put it like that the ideas that we're talking about about walking this road of grace and mercy and maturing and loving him and allowing him to love us uh has ditches on both sides right ditches of extremes right right where we where we use what Paul describes as using grace in order to sin <laughs> so that we can show god's love more and uh. Paul is like bad don't do that right that's way on the other side that's not going to work and then the pendulum swings the other side of the other ditch is like you said this constant fear that if i don't do everything exactly the way that it's supposed to be done that god's going to hit me with a lightning bolt or cancer or strike me dead or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be Mm -hmm. and i think that the only way that we can stay in the middle of the road is well a couple ways number one is by fellowshipping with the Lord with prayer and Bible reading, right? The Bible keeps us in the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. And and no matter what doctrine it is, the Bible keeps us from going into one extreme or the other, right? And the other one is just uh, staying accountable to our brothers and sisters that can look at us and go, you know, I, I see this in your life. Yeah, but no, no. The word says this, and I love you enough to warn you mm-hmm. that I think you're going into the ditch on this. Yeah. You know, And and let me help you by guiding you with love. And I think God sends people in our life to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. If Amen. we'll allow them to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Know? I
1: was just reading the Proverbs uh, just today about how uh, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Yeah. Right? And so we, we need each other in that way. Absolutely. Kevin, this is a fantastic message. Thank you so much for sharing your heart um, let me just ask you this: Is there anything else going
0: on uh, in the maturity department uh, or class two hundred one? Yeah, so class two hundred one is this Sunday night. Oh, all and, right. Uh, looking forward to it. It will uh, be amazing uh, up at the church class. Uh, I'm sorry, room one hundred five. If you've not gone through it, you should. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. That's it right. It really is a great class. Not just because I'm teaching it. I mean, that's not what I mean. I mean, yeah. it, the material is very, very good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also, our uh, small groups are getting ready to start back up August 28th, and uh, just want to encourage people, if you have ever thought about hosting a small group, it's very, very easy. Just give me a call, or give my assistant Melissa a call, and we will get you on the path. And if you're looking for a, a deeper fellowship and more accountability, just to have people there to care for you and you care for them. I want to encourage you to become uh, a small group member, someone that goes to small groups. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, <clears throat> to lead a
1: small group, you, you have to be a member, right? Um, yeah, but, to lead one, you do. Yeah, but you don't have to be a member of Grace to join one, Oh, right?
0: no, no, no. We have several groups that have people that go to other churches uh-huh. that go to our small groups. And so, the, anyone is welcome. Uh, if they want to host a group, they do need to be a member, uh, but it... I would encourage anyone to be a member. That's but, fantastic. Uh, uh, but it is very easy to host a group. We make it as easy as possible.
1: Would you say that really the maturity, my maturity as a believer, it's never going to achieve uh, um, a maximum uh, effort or speed unless I'm in some kind of fellowship group?
0: Oh, I think I think <clears throat> that I think that one of the principles of the Bible is. Your fruit shows what's inside of you or your walk with Christ will be demonstrated through your fruit. That's what James is talking about there. And I think that as you grow in Christ, he wants us to use our gifts and our talents to serve other people in whatever area of ministry that is inside the church. I think it's important for everyone to become involved in the local church because we cannot exist... Or be effective without our volunteers. Mm-hmm. That's true. So we need everybody. Everybody has a gift. That's right. That's yeah.
1: Right. Man, Kevin, thank you so much for Thanks your time. Thanks for me come back
0: and uh, spending time with us. All
1: right. All right. So we just had a spent some time there with uh, Kevin Price, and so but we're back in Rick's office because. This is really important, isn't it, Rick? Absolutely. Because it's time for Rick's quote of the week.
2: All right. So, Rick, what do you got for us today? Okay, today, you know, in our study of of Galatians and freedom, Paul is challenging us to think, Ah. to really think through, you know, grace versus law, legalism versus freedom. So this is an anonymous quote, but I love it. Your mind is a garden... Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Oh, wow. That anonymous person, he is, or she. They sure do write a lot of great wisdom. But I love that. Your mind is that garden. And so think through these concepts that we are studying in Galatians. Yeah. And uh, you, you think right, it'll lead you to freedom. Be careful what you plant. Hey, hey, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Thanks for sharing that quote. What else is going on here at Grace? This Sunday, we continue our Freedom Series, and I'm Mm. back in the pulpit, and I'm excited. We're going to be talking about who is your spiritual mother. Oh, I knew that would create a little uh, fur on on your brow. Yeah, how about that? Who's your spiritual mother? Mm. Paul uses a fascinating analogy from the Old Testament tells an allegory, but then drives home the message with a punch. Well. And it all has to do with legalism versus freedom. Wow. Okay. Can hey, I Sunday night, there, we also have Class 201, Discovering Maturity. Yes. And so we're, ex- we're telling people, hey, if you've done Class 101, go to second base. And uh, you will learn four very practical spiritual habits that will help you grow to spiritual maturity for the rest of your life. That's, That's wonderful. Life.
0: Rick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at rosalgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to rosalgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.